Welcome everyone to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me as always is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself has been offering news notes and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on a recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Dixie Vodka 400. This past weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. Steve, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am fresh out of the car (laughs) after about five and a half hour drive from Miami uh, back to our home base here in Central Florida. Um, enjoyed the the beautiful weather. Uh, yeah, I was it didn't, it didn't rain. That's that's a plus. It didn't rain while we were there. It did rain, I guess, on uh, on Friday because the yeah. Truck Series qualifying actually get did get washed out. And I was washed like, out. can you believe it? Uh, somehow there's going to be rain, but no. Luckily, the 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 skies parted and it was yeah nothing but clear skies through the rest of the weekend. And it did get a, did get a little bit warm out there in the grandstands, but um, it was great to be back because I've tried to count up the months earlier, but it's been a very long time since the nascar has been at homestead because of the way the schedule changes worked mm-hmm. out the last time they raced the dixie vodka 400 it was held i believe in march of 2021 mm-hmm. and then we come all the way down another calendar year through all the way now to they moved it back into the playoffs obviously now october 2022 so it's been a long time for the sport a long time for us as fans homestead's one of our favorite tracks to get to um and just the racing there uh, between the Xfinity series race and the truck series race, which was a double header on Saturday. We got to take those races in um, some really great racing through the field in that, and some interesting finishes uh, though, a dominant uh, win by uh, Noah Gregson on Saturday with his tip- typical uh, celebration. That was kind of fun for the fans. Um, and then another dominant race on, on Sunday, but I do have to say, and I think I sent you this message very early on, I was really nervous going into this race about how the next gen cars would race on Homestead. Um, but I was kind of all smiles because there were still three grooves. There was still passing throughout the field. Um, you can tell me because you watched it at home. Like, you know, the majority of the people listening to this did, um, did the fact that it was dominated by one driver for the majority of that, did that make it seem like on TV that there really wasn't much action going on? Because I can tell you in the stands, like, the rest of the field was kind of insane as far as like three wides and slide jobs and everything the whole day. I don't know. From, from what I saw, the way I saw it was the restarts were crazy, but 10 to 15 laps in, it got to be, you know, pretty much one guy behind the other. Well, I can and, tell you that that's not, that was not the case <laughs> if you were, if you were there. And okay, I heard well, a lot of that on the radio, you know, driving back up, you know, people that were at the races take, calling in versus you know people that watched it on tv and i'm like mm-hmm. and it's funny how and you've been to tons of races too so you being there and watching on tv can be yeah, total, two totally totally, different, totally different yeah you see so much more um when you're there uh, that's what i say i was gonna say is like i'm watching specifically one driver um watching uh you know his in-car and stuff like that so yeah i mean it looked it didn't look like a lot of action except for the restarts from that perspective Um, I'm sure there were, there were a lot of comers and goers at different points. Um, uh, you know, they, and, and actually Ryan for the most part was a comer, you know, so they they did a good job of just getting, getting some track position and getting by people on restarts, a couple of really nice, uh, (laughs) restarts on the low lane. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the mile and a half seemed to be the best type of racing so far with the new car. So, um, hopefully this week coming up, uh, they've improved on, on the half, half mile program. Yeah. But I, I assumed, I assumed just because the way that the dominance was, and honestly, I think I'm just going to blame it on the five car because when the five car wasn't leading uh, for the only couple of times throughout the day, that it actually was the lead did, you know, end up being like a battle between three or four different guys for periods of time. It just seemed like the five uh, could just check out on, on anybody. And it kind of, you know, and I, I, you talked about wanting to see Ryan win races like that. Like you want him to just totally spank the field. And mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've said like stink up the show, mm-hmm. Like you'd love to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see <laughs> And that, that's exactly you know? what the five did. Yeah. He, he, uh, you know, he ran, you know, that far from the wall all day. They, they said that he actually literally, uh, maybe hit the wall once 
That's what I was going to say. He did Which that, is, um, and then look at his car. But just a one kind of a scrape. So. Scrape. It's, it's amazing. And uh, the one thing about running that line versus somebody trying to come up underneath you to make a pass on you is you've got the line once you get, come out of the turn. And uh, that guy better have it stuck stuck down low, you know. I mean, they're, they're kind of lucky nobody slapped up into him, to tell you the truth. But uh, once he made his passes and got in front, yeah. And it's, there were points and times where he was a half second faster than the next yep. next guy. Um, then there were times one that would, after 25 to 30 laps, 35 laps, it equaled out a lot. Um, there were lap times there where Ryan was actually, <clears throat> excuse me, just as fast, actually, as uh, as. Uh, you know, uh, Kyle, but the thing is at that point you were so far back of them and traffic may have played a, a role in some of those lap times too. Uh, you know, who knows where, where they were, uh, compared to traffic at those points. So yeah, it, you know, dominant, dominant day. Um, the, the best car, the best driver definitely won. So, you know, but yeah, so just to wrap things up on the experience, I would say if you've already been to Bristol, if you've already been to Daytona, if you've been to Talladega, Darlington, Homestead should be one of those tracks that I think every fan sh- should get to because uh, it's an experience. Uh, the area is an experience. The track's totally different from any other mile and a half that we go to. And um, you can get to see a lot of racing packed within one week. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing that I want to point out, happy birthday to Big Dave, Buckeye Bullet 10, Dave Blaney, 60th birthday. This is 60. a big one. This is a big one, yeah. This is a big yeah. one. So he's celebrating it today as we record October 24th. Um, so I wanted to mention that, but let's not waste any more time because we have a lot to talk about as it comes to the Dixie Vodka 400 and Ryan Blaney's race in this, the second to last race in this round of the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. So uh, Saturday, Group B, which was encouraging to be in Group B, um, but once again, this is kind of, Group B has kind of equaled itself out too. Um, the single lap was like, 21st best um almost four tenths back of uh Nemechek, of all guys uh <laughs> um ran he ran 30 laps um a lot of it was in traffic with the nine and the 34 car actually so um once again you know couldn't pass a guy during practice so you ran similar lap times to who you were around um it does qualify 13th uh and this is one of those things I always you know, tell people is that, you know, he's near the top 10. Let's see how the start goes. If by the end of the first stage, he's up into the top 10, get some stage points and you know, they're heading the right direction that they'll be able to adjust where they need to adjust. Um, and to start for the start there, they had, um, what was interesting is not everybody qualified very good, you know, so, um, the uh who do you have here like uh the 11 car was what 14th the 22 car was 17th you know the 14 car was 19th the one car was 20th so you know guys he was going to be racing with for for the points uh didn't really do as as good as you know and some of it i think is just the track like this is the first time they're at this track with this new car which Mm -hmm. i think they said actually just with the, the bigger tires and the, the different horsepower and thing, they thought it actually might be maybe a little bit easier to run the wall. And you did see a lot more people probably by the end of the race doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think guys are still hesitant because they don't want to get up into the wall and bend a toe link and practice mm-hmm. or qualifying and immediately start in the back of the field. So I think you'll see a few guys that are, are already comfortable with it. They've done it their whole lives. They're, they're not really worried about it. Um, finding that extra speed because the closer you got to the wall, the faster you were going to go. So I think you saw some people be a little bit hesitant and they wanted to feel things out here and the 22, especially, I mean, they're, they're not trying to, to go out and tear anything up right now. So now uh, the, uh, you know, it was interesting the, the some of the guys that were in that top 10 though, for the, for the pole qualifying, the 45, the 23, the six, the 17 and the 16. So that tells you, you know, it was very, very interesting group of guys. Um, who were able to, to at least set the car up for qualifying pretty well. Uh, we get to Sunday, we got uh, the stages of 80, 165, 267, 10 sets of tires. They figure a fuel run of 61 to 65 laps, but they're never going to go that many laps. Uh, 
you know, the tire fall off was, you know, after 40 laps, there was probably about two seconds difference. So, and great to see, I know that was another yeah. thing people were concerned yeah. about with like, would it, would they still have the fall off that they've always had traditionally at, at Homestead? And they absolutely did. And you could yeah. see if somebody, even if somebody had a mistake that happened and they had to come in and get new tires, how they would come back up through the field and unlap themselves. So it was pretty dramatic when it came to fall off. And that was awesome. It was kind of funny that the TV guys early on the race were talking about Ryan specifically were talking about short run speed and they were having to try to find long run speed. And it's interesting is he actually had long run speed based on the tire wear. He did a very, very, very good job of not wearing out his, his, his stuff so badly when it got to longer in the, into a run 40, 45 laps in the run, you start gaining position or at least getting up behind people uh, with having a chance to pass him at the end of the, uh, the first stage, even. Um, we had the, uh, seven 38 to the rear, uh, for the, you know, adjustments, uh, pit stall 27, uh, open in front of him and the seven car behind him. Um, Roger comes on, um, you know, gives him a little, uh, encouragement says that the, they're all here for him today. And, um, yeah, Ryan says he'll try to keep the right side clean. <laughs> and then he says, I'm going to make up for last week for sure. Um, so you know, pretty good, positive energy going right into it. And, um, right off the bat, the leader takes the top for this initial start. And, um, at lap one, uh, bottom of three, bottom of four, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh gosh, but up to seventh, you know, at one point and within a lap or two past the 23 guard gets the sixth. Um, I don't know so, if people really appreciated the start of this race for him, start, but it was yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah to I go mean, from, you know, starting 13th rocket ship all the way up yeah. through. And a lot of it was just done on the bottom. As you just said, bottom of three, bottom of four, he just hugged that line mm-hmm. yeah. and made his way up there while everybody yeah. else was running and kind of almost, getting squirrely in the middle group. Yeah, so almost running into each other up there, you know? Um, so immediately three, I was just like, yep, qualifying didn't matter. <laughs> yep. Lap three past the nine car. Uh, up to fifth and then he was kind of going back and forth with the nine um so he ended up back in sixth lap six the 11 passes him back to seventh lap eight the eight passes him back to eighth um ryan says it's starting to get loose here it fired off really good so you know the um, lap 13 and he's talking about no grip or drive off um he's an eighth at that point and it's about six seconds back in the lead. So it didn't take long to spread out in the early run. And you'll see the early runs, it does that. And then the later runs, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter because guys adjustments get better and better and better. So, um, Ryan was, uh, running like a high line in three and four at that point, 24 was leading at that point. Um, which is kind of cool. Cause not, not cool. Interesting because you watch the tracker on, on TV and you get a new leader. That's one of the guys in the eight playoff guys. And all of a sudden it changes the, uh, the points thing really not very good for Ryan at that point. It looked like he was way out of it at that point because you had a new leader changing where the cut line was and depending on where guys were running and, and so forth. Um, so, um, by lap 20, um, he's gotten passed by the 22 and the one car. He's back to 10th. And, um, about 11 seconds back of the leader, which is 24 at that point. And, um, at lap 27, the five takes the lead. And this is pretty much the story for the front of the front of the field all day from here on in. Um, we get a caution at lap 30 for the 45 car spinning out and they were about to pit. I don't know. I have that written down as a question mark. I should have asked Josh today when I was texting him, I think what happened was, uh, Josh saw the spin he was trying to hurry up and get him to pit road before the caution. Cause then they would have pitted been out in front of everybody. Um, but he couldn't get there in time. So, um, he was P nine for pitting. And, and when they come out of the pits, uh, they were in eighth. So they gained a spot on the pit stop. Um, the leaders 24 taking the top here and Ryan taking the bottom and, uh, you know, uh, the restart lap 35 shakes out the eighth and the five takes the lead back. <clears throat> And lap 38, he passes the one car. He's up to seventh. Lap 45 uh, in seventh here. He's about five seconds back of the leader, which is the five. So uh, lap 47, uh, the 19 passes him back to eighth. And at lap 50, the 22 passes. So he's back to ninth. He's talking about no speed, no grip. Um, And they're uh, tight running against the wall, loose off of it, which, you know, I don't know 
what kind of adjustment you make for that. There were a lot of the adjustments for air pressure during the day from, from what I could hear though. Uh, lap 51, the three passes back to 10th and that, uh, you know, Roger comes on even a couple laps, just tells him he's doing fine. You know, it's, it's early still, and we're going to we'll keep working on it. Um, at lap 67, he passes the 22 for ninth. And Miles comes on, tells him they were the third fastest car the last five laps. So, like I said, once again, you know, longer in a run that they went, he was saving the stuff better than, than other guys. Uh, lap uh, 70 uh, up to ninth there. And um, at lap 79, you know, right before the end of the stage here, the, the nine, the six, and the three were all like right in front of him. And I say right in front of him, like within yep. a second. So, you know, any one of them bobbled, any one of them made a mistake, but he caught all those guys. And when I say that, I mean, he was literally like a second and a half, two seconds back of some of them. And they came back to him as the, the longer the run went because he was doing a better job, like I said, on that tire wear. Uh, lap 80, um, <clears throat> the five does win the stage, but Ryan does finish ninth and gets a stage point there. Um, the playoff guys, we got the 24 finishing second, uh, the nine finished eighth. And then uh, the 22 finished 10th, so he got a point. And then the uh, the 11 was 13th, the 1 was 14th, the 20 was 15th, the 14 was 17th. So you got four guys that didn't get any stage points at all in the, in the playoff guys. There's some video of this stage finish on on Twitter. I believe Team Blaney, we, we retweeted it. But um, Ryan battled the 9 extremely hard, caught all the way up to him, was side-by-side side with him going through turn 4 and – um, the nine didn't lift, and I think Ryan eventually did have to relent because he wasn't going to be – I don't think he was going to make the mistake of ruining his race just based right. on that first stage, but it was so, so close uh, to being able just to get that one more point. It just shows you how important the points were, and I think that's actually what that Twitter post was kind of saying, like every point uh, matters. And uh, it was a little bit scary watching it in person, uh, having it happen right in front of you, but um, luckily both guys were, were able to, to hang on to it. But – yeah. It was a pretty intense battle. And as you were saying, the, the way Ryan's runs were, was interesting. I could see where the TV guys were saying, you know, short run speed because he would fire off amazing. And then he'd lose, you know, three or four spots. And then you kind of ride there for a little while, saving his stuff. And then by the end of the runs, he'd pick a couple, you know, the spots back up again. So mm-hmm. um, a little bit later on, the car gets really, really mm-hmm. good. So yeah. um, it's, it changes, but early on, you know, this, this first stage of the race, both of those runs were much like that fired off. Amazing fell back, saved his stuff. And that, that's just what you see. That's kind of where, and we haven't been able to see that skill a lot this year, uh, just based on the way the tires have not really been wearing anywhere outside of here in Darlington. Yeah. So um, really, really good to see. Yeah. Uh, so pitting there going in ninth uh, miles does an air pressure uh, to help with the drive down off of the wall. <clears throat> they come out seventh. Uh, the leader uh, was the five after this and um, pit crew. Yeah. They and, were uh, the way our seats were situated. We were right in front of the, the pit stall. That crew was on fire all day long. Yeah. That's all I will say. Uh, yeah. They were, <laughs> um, they restart lap 88. He gets up to sixth here. Um, five leading um, within a lap passes the six car up to fifth at lap 90 passes the nine car up to fourth. You know, Josh has good work here. You know, they're, they're moving forward. Uh, lap 100, he's in fourth. Uh, about 3.8 back of the leader, 1.7 back of third place, which is the 24 car. Um, and they're going to get to a pit, pit, pit cycle here. At lap 116, they're talking. Miles says uh, to Josh, I says, if you can see the nine or the six waving, uh, we want to pit with them. Uh, so they're trying to figure out how to, how to pit ahead of the leader but you know, um, not lose any time to the guys that they're running in front of. Um, so they do, uh, well, lap 120, they do good green flag pitting, um, pretty good stop there. It should cycle back to fourth where they were. Um, and at lap 128, that's where I do have them in fourth, uh, about 12.89 back at a leader, uh, 3.1 back of the 24 car. Um, and except for the lap traffic, the radio is really quiet here for a good number of laps because um, they're just pretty much trying to run good lap times. Um, lap 140, uh, Ryan says he needs it tightened up a little bit. And at lap 150, they get lap traffic, um, kind of slowing the leaders down a little bit. 
and uh, like I say, it's 14 seconds back of the five car, the leader, and nine seconds back of the 24. So it's spread out. And this is the part I, I, you know, like I said, the part I saw. At lap 160, we get a caution for the 14 car. So um, we're near the end of the stage here. And actually, the stage does end up ending uh, under caution uh, ahead of time. Uh, but Ryan's fourth, uh, the five wins the stage. And once again, here the playoff guys, a couple more get up in there and get some points, at least. The 24 is third, the 12 is fourth, the 9 is sixth, the 1 is eighth, uh, the 22 is ninth, uh, then you get, and the 11 was 10th. Um, and the 20 was 14th, and the 14 at this point ends up 33rd and, and you know, ends up out of the race pretty much. Um, Miles is going to do air pressure here out of the rears uh, for some more security. They're pitting in fourth. They come out fourth. You know, which is spectacularly good stop there. Um, the leader takes the top here. Ryan takes the bottom. Restart lap uh, 170. He's up to third with the five leading. Uh, lap 173 passes the 24 up to second. Lap 180, uh, the 11 kind of wall slaps a little bit in one and two there. And it's kind of exciting to watch. <laughs> Another one of those videos they posted on Twitter. And I would I would suggest if if uh, people didn't really catch that during the race to go back and watch it because I, I have no idea how the 11 I, didn't destroy his car. Yeah, just you sideways safe. multiple times during mm-hmm. this scenario. Yeah. Um, so great stuff. My uh, lap 200, we're seven seconds back at the five here who's leading. Um, and uh, the 19 is in third and he's not bad. He's only like three tenths back of the 19. So he's doing a good job trying to get to him. Um, they asked for a balance update. He says it's pretty similar to the last run, uh, lap two Oh two, the, the, um, at lap two Oh two, the 19 passes. So he's back to third now. And he tells them, he says, he just has more grip than I do. Um, and, uh, they're going to see some green flag pit stops probably happening pretty soon here. Lap 207 and the 24 pits, he stalls it in the pits. And at lap 209, we're pitting from third. And uh, this is just the strangest thing because I, uh, Josh is, you know, the pit stop itself looks great because I'm watching through the in car. Pit stop uh, was great. Um, you know, and on the in car, you're only seeing through the front windshield. So all I'm watching is Flores you know, come around the car and then get down on the left side and then how quickly they get out of there. And I try to count, you know, how many seconds and so forth. And then, you know, if it's around 10 or 11 or what I've got, I'm not accurate totally, but it's like, that's pretty good, you know, and they're out of there and on a green flag cycle, no mistakes more than anything else. It's not having a, a 9.5 second stop. It's no mistakes. Cause green flag cycles are crazy and some teams make mistakes or they have a speeding on pit road kind of a thing or, or something like that. And that really blows you away. Cause then you got to do a penalty under green, you know, so everything looked great. And then I'm hearing Josh call a caution and I look down back down at the, um, the in car and I just see like spinning and I don't know what, what happened or where on the track. And I'm thinking, did somebody hit him coming out of the pits? You know, coming out off that access road and um <clears throat> i mean i told you i thought i thought we lost another wheel mm-hmm. um i didn't think there was really any other explanation for what had just happened i thought we lost a wheel and you know we spun and yeah this is going to be a whole nother set of challenges over the next couple of weeks and that's because i couldn't really see i couldn't see the, the pit we mm-hmm. were sitting more toward turn four so i couldn't yeah, see that where that that access road was so so uh, basically right away they're talking <clears throat> with the caution here um he's up to 16th and they're gonna have to do a wave around um if we're not clear ryan spins he yeah, spun he himself spin on an yeah, on pit exit so. on, on his own and you know we'll get into it at the end here because at that point in time tv was talking about something with the access road and, and so on and so forth i don't even think they knew or understood what happened and i didn't know or understand what happened till post race till they were actually interviewing him and then and like I said, we'll get into that at the end here, but, um, uh, the leader is the 19 here for the restart. And Ryan, of course, is the, with the wave round guys. So he's toward the back there, the restart lap 217, um, gets himself to 15. The 11 takes the lead at this point, lap 220, the 19 battles back past the 11. Um, but lap 225, um, it's bouncing out of control going into one. Now, mind you, we're running in traffic now, which we haven't really done, uh, for the most part of the, most of the race, really. 
And they also stayed on that set of tires. Now, normally, if, if he maybe would have been up in the banking and spun around, they'd be really concerned about like flat spotting or something mm-hmm. like that. I know uh, during that caution period after it, they were asking him how it felt. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, the tires felt fine, didn't seem any different. So I'm sure it didn't help yeah. them by any means. Any means. But but um, but yeah, he's, you know, mired all the way back in traffic. And, you know, when you wave around, you're waving around to the back. So there's people in front of him that are, you know, not even necessarily on his same same lap and he's trying to battle back through. So, yeah. Um, he's battling back there with the 24, the 99, um, lap two forty. he passed the 24. He gets the 16th that, uh, we get a caution lap two forty four for the eight car. Um, there are four tires fuel. And then they had to fix a flap that had came up with the, um, with the spinning. Um, so the N 16th, they come out 15th. They gain a spot on the pit pit stop. Actually, the leader is the five taking the top. Ryan takes the top. Um, he took some pressure out of the right rear. They restart lap 250. He's up to 14th, but the next couple laps, he loses a spot or two back to 16th. Um, he goes back and forth with 24 a little bit like lap 256, but, um, the 24 does pass him. The 34 actually passed him to 257. I wrote Joey was behind him, which was, you know, Joey actually, I think stayed behind him Just at that point. There, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, uh, give him that at least one more position here. Um, so, uh, the five does end up winning and, um, you know, the guys with points here, I mean that, you know, the one car finishes second and then the 11 car seventh, the 20 car is uh, 11th, the 24 car is 12th. The nine car was 14th. The, you know, 12 was 17th, the 22 was 18th and the 14 was 36th. So, um, you know, it, that, that whole caution itself just scrambled everything up. And, uh, like I said, in the post race is when I finally learned <clears throat> that it was a mistake and what kind of mistake it was. And the, yeah, we were talking uh, before the podcast about the sequential shifter is just it's either forward or backward and one direction is the upshift and the other one is, is the downshift. And I guess and it's a different direction than they used to do in, in yeah, the old H pattern shift. So. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't anything like that. So it's just either forward or backward and he basically went the wrong direction. And um, we've had, what's interesting is that there are guys who have done that this year. He's not the only one that's done it guys who have done it and done it um, in the middle of the race on the track and broke the transmission. Yep. When it ha- you know, so, um, for, to not break the transmission is pretty, pretty good. Um, you know, if you want to find something positive, it could, could have been way worse. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if this doesn't happen and we get off pit road clean and we're still running third, um, we probably don't have another caution later, or maybe we do, maybe we don't, but if we do or don't, um, we're going to all pit together. We're all going to stay together. We're all going to be in the top four or five for a restart. We're going to be pretty much. You know, and especially with the laps remaining, we've been mentioning they've been firing off well all yeah. race long. So if anything, yeah. know, you don't want to say a guaranteed top five, but a yeah, very, but, very likely top five finish. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if we want to get to the points board right off the bat after that, I mean, maybe, or do we want to really kind of like, delve I kind of want the... to just discuss, I mean, if people can't tell, you know, we both sound pretty bummed out <laughs> Yeah, about what happened here. I mean, um, you do, you said, you know, Ryan, Roger talking to Ryan ahead of the race and Ryan saying, you know, I, you know, I'm going to make up for what happened last week. And in case you've been away somewhere <laughs> and you didn't know, I mean, last week was a driver mistake. Yeah. Um, he got loose and collected the wall and ended the day there after an incredibly strong run in the first two stages. Um, unfortunately we're looking at another driver mistake and i think the thing that bums us out the most at least for me um while this podcast and this social media account isn't the most critical account on on twitter especially Mm -hmm. of the team or Mm -hmm. or ryan specifically um as fans a lot of us it's been really easy to to lean into oh the you know the pit crew made a mistake oh the the tire changer made a mistake and that ruined the day uh, the crew chief, man, why did they, why did they make that call or why were they so slow out, off the truck? Um, you know, you know, they're really holding Ryan back here. Um, but it's been tough the last two weeks because the, it's really, 
come down to the driver making a mistake and it's tough to <laughs> get to yeah. come to come to terms with that because you know we we do this because i mean it's not like <laughs> we do this because we follow right we follow the blaney family um we follow all of them you know lou dale dave ryan i mean it's just for me it's just part of life mm-hmm. so it's just tough when you know the only one to, to point blame at is ryan but it's, i don't want I'm not comfortable doing that because I'm not an elite athlete and he's an elite athlete. So um, I just see it as, you know, just like a wide receiver missing a a catch or a quarterback Mm -hmm. throwing an interception or, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is major league sports and you you can't be perfect all the time. It's, it is unfortunate. It's happening at, you know, peak time in the season where literally everything is on the line. There's, there have been circumstances within the sport where the mistakes have happened. Okay. And then uh, we always talk about like when we were talking about the power of positivity, about how you respond to these things, how you pick yourself up from them. Um, And, you know, you golf, I golf, or at least we tempt to golf. Um, Yeah. I golf. I I take some clubs and I hit a ball around, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Spotter, spotter, Josh Williams. He golfs. Okay. And, um, I saw a thing one time and I, I believe it was Tiger Woods was talking about, uh, a mentality of, um, okay, you make a bad shot. Okay. And a lot of these guys, you see them at the moment they make the bad shot, they're, you know, under their breath, muttering something, or they're mad, but between the time they, they made the bad shot and they get to the next shot down the fairway, that's gone. It's behind them. Um, and they try, they try to learn from it first off. And secondly, they spend the next amount of time walking from that one shot to the next shot, thinking about what to do better the next time, um, how to get out of the trouble that they're in, what kind of shot they're going to have to make next. And that's pretty much the way the season has been. You know, we had some things happen here or there and we improved or we got better or we fixed the car or the guys climbed over the wall and fixed the car. And every time we've gotten to this kind of stage of the year, um, three or four times now that it's happened, um, we've rebounded. And as a team, we've rebounded. Everybody's together. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. And I expect that this, that's what's going to happen this week too, that there, there be no lack of effort in trying to make, um, make up for it and to make it better and to make that, uh, you know, hopefully have that chance uh, at the end of Martinsville to win the race or be within the, the points uh, that you need to be within. Uh, so that's the mentality. The, the rest of the, you know, the week has to be like, it has to be like, you know, okay, that happened. Let's make sure it doesn't happen again. We're going to shift a thousand times next week <laughs> at Martinsville, you yep. know, in each turn. Fortunately. Um, so, uh, you know, let's just get it together and, 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 and rebound from it and learn from it. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is the season has been crazy because we know that Ryan is probably one of the most dominant guys out there. He hasn't have a win and yet he's still probably one of the most dominant guys all season. And, um, you don't want it to end <clears throat> prematurely. You'd like to be one of the four, final four guys. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, hopefully that things like this, you know, you learn, learn enough from them that they won't happen to you again. Um, you rise above them and, and, and you get to yourself to a point where, um, you know, the perfection, you know, is there and, uh, you know, they, they do happen to everybody. And we talked about, uh, Tyler Reddick last year running at Homestead and he, thought he was already done with the race and yep. they're, they're yelling at him to keep going. He's on the, on the radio talking about, um, you know, thanking the team they did a really good job and he's really sorry. He couldn't have done a little bit better and, or whatnot. And it's like, you know, he was a lap short and he slowed down and they had to yell at him to keep going, you know? So there are just so many different things that happen. Um, and you, across all sports, um, you know, there's been guys that have, picked up footballs and ran the wrong direction for a safety, you know, <laughs> guy's a hall of famer though. You know what I mean? So you can still rebound from these things and, and, and be successful. And, uh, I don't see, uh, you know, I, you want to make up for it, but you can't make up for it in one lap. You know, it's going to take, it's going to take 500 laps this week coming up. Uh, but I, I really, 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 
I uh, can't wait to, to, for that opportunity. I can't wait to see them try it and try to do everything they can. Uh, and I say they, cause I, you know, it's not just Ryan out there. Um, you know, that's the thing we talk about all the different guys all season long. They've been doing everything they can uh, to get a win. And if not, let's just put a plow on the front of the 12 car. <laughs> See what we have to do. <clears throat> yeah. Do what we have to do? But yeah, like I was saying, it's just been as a fan, it's just been, it's been so easy to just rely on being angry at somebody else mm-hmm. uh, other than the guy behind the wheel. So I can understand. I, I, and I've seen it's, I've seen people just lash out at the pit crew, especially mm-hmm. early on in the season, lash out at the crew chief or lash out at the team as a whole. And it's been a little bit disheartening to see them. And I know we're different fans than other fans. Not that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but just to see people lash out at Ryan now, mm-hmm. now is not the time Mm-mm. to do that. It's okay to be upset. Uh, it's okay to be angry. Um, Ryan was very upset with himself yeah. at the end at, you know, after it happened, after, you know, everything had calmed down a little bit, um, post-race interviews, you know, you know, pretty, uh, pretty upset, you know, clearly blaming himself for what happened because you can't really blame anything else. And, you know, some things that he said to the team on the radio were, were disheartening and it's just mm-hmm. now is not the time for us to add any more. But what what good is it for people to get on Twitter and tell him he made a mistake? You're, you know, you're throwing your season away. He knows yeah. he, he knows yeah. what it is. You know, for guys like Ryan, guys like Josh and the spotter stand, you know, Jonathan Hassler, who we're you know, we're lucky to have back this week. Um, you know, Miles has done a great job just throwing it out there. But you know, this is their livelihood, mm-hmm. this is their passion. They are, you know, elite level athletes, elite level people in this industry. Um, they have a lot on the line. And, you know, there's one more race to go here to qualify for the championship for. So I'm channeling this energy that I had. Like I said, we're a little bit downtrodden, a little bit bummed out sounding. And you could hear it kind of you know, <laughs> as it got closer and closer to when Steve was going to have to say, you know, he spun the car out. Um, but if there's a way for us to channel that energy um, a little bit more positively, because I would say Ryan needs us now more than ever mm-hmm. uh, to show him the support uh, that they need. You know, even if it doesn't, I've said it before, we're just a bunch of fans. It probably doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things, but I'd rather throw a lot more positive energy this way than instead of, you know, beating somebody down when they already understand what the, you know, what happened because of the results of a mistake that they made. So um, like you said, there's, there's one more race uh, to go coming up this week Mm -hmm. to qualify for the championship for Um, let's take a look at, uh, the point standing. So we know what the team is looking at going into that race. And then we can kind of talk about Martinsville a little bit. Yeah. You know, so, um, Joey of course is the only, is, you know, the only one that's won one and put himself in, um, we've got Chastain now, um, at 4101, 19 points above the cut line, uh, Chase Elliott at 4093, 11 points above. And then, uh, Willie B at 4087, five points above then the uh the 11 car denny hamlin is 40 82 five points below we've got ryan at 40 69 18 points below uh then the 20 car is 40 54 33 points below and then uh the 14 is 40 43 44 points below okay so right off the bat first thing you want to look at the 20 and the 14 we can't afford having the 20 and the 14 win because <laughs> they need to win and end pretty much that's a lot of points to try to make up they would need they would need four guys in front of them to crash out early in the yeah. race just to do it by points. And in this round, they've both had catastrophic races, and they both both have had amazing yeah. races. So yeah. they're capable of either. Either honestly. or, right? So um, if one guy is going to win within the group right now, um, that that hasn't yet, uh, the the one car would be the one. I mean, the one car is nineteen above the cut line. And then you're still trying to race points wise. If, if we're just trying to do the points thing here, uh, points wise, then you're just trying to get to uh, that uh, above the 11 car and to the 24 car, you know, that you're 18 points behind. Um, is this possible? Yeah, it is. Um, qualifying has to go badly for one or two of those guys. So that you get that first stage boost where you get some points and they don't get any. Um, ultimately you'd like to see, uh, a non a winner from the, from the, from the group of seven right off the bat, if Ryan's not going to win because then at least he might be able to outpoint two or three of those guys. Um, ultimately, really ultimately what we'd like to see is a perfection weekend. 
you go into qualifying, you qualify in the front row, you take the lead early in the race and then just dominate the race. And what's interesting is there have been Martinsville races in the past couple of years where Ryan has done this and has led a bunch of laps. And then it's just a matter once again of not finishing the deal. I think one of them, Clint Boyer passed him about halfway through the race and then Clint dominated the, the, the second half of the race. Um, so, I mean, that's ultimately what you'd like to have. Um, they did testing there a couple months ago. They said that the, you know, the 12 car was probably the best car in the testing too. So, um, what we saw in the spring was we saw guys, um, who couldn't pass, you know, they got into the shifting mode you know, the weather was extremely cold. So there was probably almost no tire fall off at all. Um, so, you know, let's see what happens and changes with the weather this time around too. But ultimately the board, uh, you know, 18 points is not insurmountable. If the right couple things happen early in the race or during the race, do we really want that? No, what we really want is just to go ahead and win this thing. Let's go ahead and get our win now. And then, you know, win two weeks in a row. Yeah. You want to see him come out and dominate the race, but yeah, beyond that, as far as trying to get it on points, you really are relying on Denny Hamlin or William Byron or even Chase Elliott, who it's crazy to think, you know, he came in with, you know, a 40 plus point buffer or something into each of these rounds. And, and they've had terrible runs the last couple of weeks to where he's only plus 11. He's not even safe. Uh, so you're looking for those guys to have a race like Ryan had last week where mm -hmm. somebody does make a, a mental miscue or, and you don't want to wish that on anybody mm -mm. because you want you as a competitor, I would think you want to beat people at their best. So best case scenario is coming out there and dominating the race. Um, what I will say is you have seen this 12 team sneak in barely just about every round. So is <laughs> it possible? Yes. Is 18. I mean, honestly, after what happened last week, I mean, the last two weeks, so lucky that we've had success or the 12 team has had success in the stages early on, because I'm, I don't know how they're only 18 points back mm -hmm. uh, with what has happened. So um, they are not in a must win, but they are almost as close to a must win as you possibly can, just because of who you have in front of you. You're looking at Denny Hamlin, who's like one of the Kings of Martinsville. Um, yeah. You're looking at two Hendrick cars where Hendrick <laughs> motorsports as a whole um, and has been, you know, elite level talent at Martinsville. Um, Chastain has pretty much run well, across the board at every track uh, mm -hmm. this year. So he's going to be dangerous. Um, Logano, I believe has, has win or at least one winner wins at Martinsville too. So uh, while he's locked in, he's still somebody that you're going to have to battle out there on track because uh, obviously uh, another great car out there and Christopher Bell, like I said, I'm not worried more about Bell than I am Chase Briscoe, even though Briscoe has somehow been able, except for this past week, I've been able to run up front uh, mm -hmm. nearly every race. So, uh, but Bell is another person that is kind of sneaky. And if, you know, he's learned anything from Hamlin over the past couple of years about how to run that place, uh, that makes that dangerous. And he's was, just as desperate. So was, there was a scenario you, you talked about uh, before we got on the podcast, <laughs> with the 11 car. Go ahead. Tell yeah. Us that so one. this would, again, it, it's not wishing this upon anybody, but if the 11 does have a catastrophic incident early in this race, yeah. um, ends up a couple laps, know, breaks down a toe something. link or something, or, or something weird happens, ends up a few laps down. Uh, he's been, I do feel like he already paid the one car back at Pocono, I think on, on that one restart since uh, some of the incidents that they've had together. And honestly, they ran side by side at, at Homestead really close and nothing bad happened. But uh, this would be the time for Denny to, for once in his mm -hmm. life, uh, actually pay back the payback he says is coming. So say Hamlin's down five or six laps. This is his championship runs already over. Uh, why don't we just go ahead and and uh, yeah. make make it happen take take the one car out of, out of competition here <laughs> when we happen but again i don't i don't want i don't actually want to yeah. see that happening no. uh, but if it does happen why not make it benefit ryan in um, some way and and let them squeak into the into the playoffs somehow some, some interesting things about um teammates in these situations too in the last week or two i mean joey won two weeks ago so um watching joey and where he was running around ryan whenever he was around ryan uh, he did not put a lot of pressure on Ryan. And like I said, at the end of the race, he tried to try to make sure that he, you know, uh, guarded for him even, um, from losing positions. So what should be interesting in in these, especially these double file restarts, where is the 22, where's the two car? Um, will there be some situations where they'll hold up the line a little bit on a restart, knowing that their teammate is in the other line and can help them get a spot or two, um, by doing so. And, uh, you know, these are things that, uh, you know, 
you don't say over the radio. We found know, that out, which the yeah. 41, actually we might know when after this post tomorrow, I can't remember, the 41 has their appeal this week yeah. uh, on their incident at the Roval. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you could you can kind of see stuff, like you're saying. You can see Joey not really pressuring, mm-hmm. um, not giving up spots or anything necessarily, no. but, but um, it's been good to see Joey helped tremendously at Daytona just by not um, – not helping push the 19 who was desperately yeah. trying to get the 22 to push him. So, yeah. So um, they can do little things like that without yeah, dramatically yeah, impacting. Yeah. And it's something to, it's something to watch for. Like um, when they're running <clears throat> on a, on a restart, let's say, and, and uh, Ryan uh, takes the high lane and let's say he's running side by side. Joey took the low lane. Okay. Maybe Joey holds up the low lane, just a hair, just, or let's Ryan in, let's him in in front of him, you know, so that the, uh, you know, whichever lane they're in, you know, when it single files out, um, he, he gives that position to Ryan. So Ryan doesn't have to work as hard to get around him, you know? So just little things like that are things to keep an eye on, uh, especially with the, with the way the double file restarts are there, you know? So let's talk about Martinsville this Sunday, October 30th, day before Halloween, the Xfinity 500, 2 PM Eastern time at Martinsville speedway. You can catch the race on NBC and on the radio with MRN Sirius XM, nascar radio you're going to have practice and qualifying on saturday starting at noon and then again the race is going to be sunday at 2 p.m uh ryan uh the last few tracks outside of homestead where he runs he runs kind of so-so but uh martinsville again one of ryan's best tracks statistically he has an average start of 8.1 an average finish of 10th uh 13 starts six top five seven top tens um it actually amazes me week to week when i keep saying i think this is ryan's best track and then you get to somewhere you know when they were at texas that was one of his best tracks they las vegas one of his best tracks you get here you know average finish of 10th that's that's pretty uh pretty impressive and honestly let's go back through um finishes just since the <clears throat> since 2019 fourth fifth second second a pair of 11th back to back and then earlier in the spring he finished fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, that race was a little weird. You were at that race. Uh, there was some delays for some weather. Extremely, well, not extremely cold, but cold. It was no, in, in the forties. I'm well, sure it was no, cold for those it was sitting in, in the stands. But it was in the thirties. Um, oh, okay. So even yeah, you've got <laughs> you got down further. There so were, there were flurries. <laughs> um, so yeah, thirties and forties. This race they expect uh, to be in the sixties. I think they mm-hmm. said maybe sixty-five is as a high temperature. Now yeah. track temperature is going to be a little bit different. Chance of um, rain. They've come back. They did some testing. Uh, I know, as far as I know, they haven't eliminated shifting yet. Man, I really hope they figure some no. way next year to, to do that. Honestly, they were even in practice at, at Homestead shifting, and eventually everybody abandoned it because they, if you're trying to shift uh, through a turn at Homestead, you know, an inch off the wall, that wasn't going to work out too well. Mm. So even there, gosh, somehow, please NASCAR get rid of this shifting that's unnecessary. <laughs> um, so shifting at Martinsville. Um, they did the test. I know you, if you heard some of the industry folks that were there, they weren't really necessarily excited about it, but um, I'm hoping it's just maybe a little bit better. I'm hoping the stakes of this race kind of make it a little bit more intense than it was. Um, but I do, I don't know. I don't want to be negative about it, but I feel like the shifting really, really kind of kills the opportunity for passes and in, in that kind of old style Martinsville on the plus side, Brian still ran really well there in the spring. And if he can repeat, um, a race like that where he finishes fourth, where he gains, uh, he leads laps, led five laps, um, could lead more. I mean, twice in his career, he's led uh, in 2018, he led 145 laps in the spring race. And then in the spring race, 2021, 157 laps. That was one of those races you said uh, he was dominating. So um, that one ended with a pitness cue that kind of ruined the day there. So as you said, we really want, I mean, we want it every week. We're looking for perfection Mm -hmm. this week and you kind of have to, this is the cutoff race. This is it. There's only two races left in the season. This one as of right now means the most for this team. This is the biggest race of the year to date, uh, unless they make it to the championship four. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know, let's rally behind this. Like I said, I'm excited to see what they can do, you know, Saturday, you know, you know that the qualifying is going to be pretty close, pretty tight, get into the top 10 and then uh, let's do for, do from there. You know, if they can get to the top two or three and be up near the front to start the race. Excellent. Um, and uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, what they can do with, uh, you know, maybe the tire wear, maybe there'll be a little bit more tire wear because the weather will be warmer. Um, I know that the one thing is that they 
can't the way these cars are, they can't really bump and run with them as much because they're kind of a little too rigid and square. They square up when they hit and uh, you don't really wiggle somebody loose quite that way. Um, but <clears throat> I could definitely see them getting up underneath somebody and, and moving somebody out of the way if they have to. And uh, like I said, about putting a plow on the front of the 12 car, I, I was, you know, teasing, but um, there definitely probably needs to be that kind of aggression level, especially later in the race. So again, if you want to catch this race, the Xfinity 500, don't let that confuse you. That is the cup race Sunday, October 30th, Martinsville Speedway. You can catch it 2 p.m. Eastern time on NBC and on the radio with MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Yeah, we want to uh, congratulate uh, Josh and uh, Zane Smith. Um, this past weekend, uh, Zane uh, put it in the final four for uh, for Phoenix. Um, he ran a pretty pretty solid race. You were there. We were there for the truck race. Uh, looked looked pretty it solid. Was, I thought there was an opportunity there at the end where mm-hmm. Zane was kind of catching the sixty six at time Majeski, but just didn't have it. It was almost. Um, I mean, Majeski didn't put on a dominant performance like uh, the five car did, but he came on strong toward the end of the race and was able to kind of check out there. Uh, but Zane did everything right, everything he needed to do. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's right. It's putting uh, now they won't have an opportunity this weekend in Martinsville. Um, the trucks are off, but they do come back again at Phoenix. And Yeah. Uh, I made uh, I made that joke uh, that I made to you. I made that joke to Josh uh, today about how he didn't have to bang his way into the final four. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about somebody last, that last, had to last, do it. He had to yeah, do it. Last year he did it last year in that, in that race at Martinsville. So uh, this year he didn't have to worry about it. And they ran really, really well when they were in the final four last year. And what's interesting is this is Zane with two different, two different teams too. Yep. And he's made the final four. So, uh, you know, good luck to him with the, with his team and, uh, and Josh on, on that in two weeks. So we're going to do our team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live update. And honestly, I haven't even checked, uh, as to where I finished in the rundown. So this will be new, new for all of us. Um, so I'm going to go through who my starters were going into the race at Homestead Miami Speedway. Um, picked Kyle Larson. That was a complete no brainer. Uh, I started Tyler Reddick as well, who everybody else, I mean, I think even going right into the race, he actually moved into the odds on favorite uh, from the folks out there in Las Vegas. Uh, but obviously Reddick ended up having some trouble toward the end of the day. Uh, Denny Hamlin as a starter, William Byron as a starter, Chase Elliott as a starter, and I had Christopher Bell in the garage. Now, um, I didn't mention it earlier, but nearly every racetrack that we've been to, we have uh, connectivity issues when it comes to cell phones. Um, so there was zero chance I was going to be able to, to move somebody around from my garage. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kyle Larson, with his dominant day, all the stage wins, 60 points uh, for me. Reddick only got me nine Byron did okay with 42 points. Hamlin got me 31. Elliott also got me 31. And so if I maybe would have put Bell in instead of Reddick, but I, I mean, Reddick crashed in the final stage, so it was too late for me to really know what was going to happen there. In my featured matchups, I picked Ryan over Joey Logano. Wow, that was right by one position. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking here. Um, I picked Kyle Busch over Kyle Larson. I don't know what... <laughs> I maybe what I was going to select, I got my Kyle's mixed up and I'm going to, I'm going to say that was just an error uh, with a fat finger problem or something. Cause I don't know why, I don't know why I would have ever done that. Uh, so huge mistake uh, points wise for me. Um, and then I picked William Byron over Chase Briscoe. That was right. I picked Hamlin over Elliot. So that was right. So I did get three of the four uh, featured matchups there. What did your, I'm assuming you, you rebounded from last week and you were, you were squared away with your lineup and everything going yeah. into this race. Yeah. I had it all set up. I, I, I was, I think I was out of starts on Larson and that was why I didn't have Larson in. Um, but, um, Joey, Ryan, Chase, Denny, Ross, I had Tyler in the race to start and then I swapped him out. Um, so, I mean, not a great lineup for points. Um, I did hit all four of the matchups. I had the correct Kyle. <laughs> I had the, I had Mr. <laughs> Larson over Mr. Bush. Um, so I, that worked out really nice. Um, it was a, you know, okay day, not a great day, but you know. So we ended up, I ended up 30th overall in points earned at Homestead. You were 38th. So I did edge you just barely. I had 203 points. You had 191 points. Uh, but let's take a look at the top 10 in points earned in the team playing NASCAR fantasy live league at Homestead in the 10th position team Penske, 224 points, ninth, Eric D 15, 227, 
Seventh, Go Larson, 228, uh, tied for seventh as well. Blaniac, 10 with 228 points, tied for fifth. We have Go 12, Go and Bulldog, 0277 with 232 points. Fourth, Pocono Lady, 233. Third, the Buckeye Bullet, 237. Happy birthday. Uh, second, Joe Lopez, 1, 240. And our friend, Stellanarius, mm-hmm. uh, Nicole Chipman there in the first position and points earned at Homestead Miami Speedway for the team, Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League putting in 243 points in the bank you see uh who was 11th there also i did and actually so uh in one brief moment of uh some wi-fi my wife did point to her phone to show me uh she was in the top five at one point during the mm-hmm. race so yeah uh, she did end up falling uh, to a, a three-way tie for 11th let's take a look at the playoff standings here in the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. 10th position overall in the playoff standings. Bulldog 0277, 1,541. In 9th, Eric D15, 1,545. Tied for 7th, Rogers T and Moose Hunter 1960, 1,547. 6, Moose 1616, 1,553. Uh, fifth, Alyssa C, 1554. Fourth, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 1,567. Third, JD Racing, 1,580. Second, Blaney's Daisy, 1,590. And leading the way right now in the playoff standings for the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League, Joe Lopez won 1,611 points. Um, I'm sitting in the 23rd position. Team Blaney host Adam with 1,466 points and trying to find you. Are you above me? No, go down. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. 32nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do have the edge on you again. I feel like this happens every year. Uh, I get the edge on you in the playoff standings, but not the overall standings. Mez 12, 32nd position, 1,409 points. So I do have a commanding lead over you in the room, uh, but not in the in the overall um, but the overall standings for the team Blaine and NASCAR Fantasy Live League in the 10th position, two Bushes, no Johnson, 6,215. 6, Ninth, Blaney kicks beep, 6,232 points. Eighth, Blaney's Daisy, 6,234. Six, Math Mom, four, slipping still, 6,302 points. Tied for six as well, Eric T15, again, 6,302 points. Uh, just one point ahead of them in the fifth position, the Dalai Lama, four, 6,303. Fourth, Moose Hunter, 1960, 6,334. Third, Fragout, 12, 6,371. Uh, second, JD Racing, 6,378. And with a commanding lead, uh, in the overall standings, your defending champion, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 6,437 points. Um, so starting to pull the way here. And uh, we need to get a hold of this uh, fellow uh, just because mm-hmm. they're looking at uh, right now possibility of a two-time champion of the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And I think we do need to get some sort of a Tumblr-type yeah. trophy out Something to this, this, this person yeah. because it's pretty impressive. So uh, if you are behind Glad's Chicken Pit Racing, please hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, mail, if you can find our address. Uh, just We just want to interact with you a little bit and, and, and congratulate you on your win last year, but also this impending victory that you have right now uh, is pretty impressive. So going into this race at Martinsville Speedway, Steve, uh, we talked about some of the folks that have been really good at Martinsville in the past. And honestly, I'm just going to pull up the track and go through the last few winners here uh, in the Cup Series. Um, let's go back to that win. So Clint Boyer, 2018. Uh, I think that's one of that race you're talking about, him passing Ryan. Uh, we've got Logano, Keselowski, Truex, Truex, Chase Elliott, Truex, Bowman, Byron. Um so we've got a, a lot of Truex in there. Uh, talked about Denny Hamlin being the king of Martinsville. Uh, that's going back a little bit earlier in his career. He's got a ton of wins there early on, um, but not really much recently. Looks like 2015 uh, might be the last time. But Truex uh, definitely in the last you know three or four years, there are multiple wins uh, for that 19 car. So... Um, anybody specifically, I mean, Truex had a shot technically or actually to, to win at Homestead. We didn't really mention that 
in the recap because it didn't really impact the 12 car much, but he gets spun around on pit road, um, kind of a fault of his own. And I mean, it's kind of shared blame there on what happened yeah. there, uh, yeah. but he had a legitimate <laughs> shot to win a race finally. Mm -hmm. And uh, something, something crazy happened. So is this the week Truex goes to victory lane uh, or is he even, is he even worth considering because of his recent success there as somebody you should put on your fantasy lineup? I, I find it hard to do because of, of the situation with the 20 car. Uh, I think that um, uh, not that people are going to pull over for anybody, but if the 20 is anywhere near the front, the 19 is going to help the 20. Um, you know, he's a team player. And, uh, I, I, you know, th those are the guys we want to look at for fantasy, the 20, the 14, the two guys that need it, Ryan, uh, who really kind of needs it too. So those are the you know, three of the guys I'd probably pick because they're going to come out of the gate and qualify better than anybody else and be near the front and hopefully run near the front and, and, and have a good day. The 11 car of course is like just really good here all the time. Um, so I, you know, those are the, those are the guys I, I really would look at for sure. Uh, the 24 did, did really well in the spring, obviously. Um, so and they are desperate right now too. Yeah. They, they really could use a good run and make sure that they stay on that side of the cut line. So those are the kind of guys I, you know, it's, it's all guys in the playoffs really right now, I would think. Yeah. I think the 11 worth uh, talking about. He did in the, the fall race, 2021, that's kind of a famous race there. Alex Bowman goes to victory lane. Uh, but if you remember, Alex Bowman also had to move the 11 uh, mm -hmm. to get to victory lane. And that's kind of where the 11 tried to spoil his celebration there mm -hmm. <laughs> a little bit on the front stretch. So uh, I think Hamlin's motivated He's a guy that seems to get to the championship four every year and then decides to kind of choke it away. So um, I, I think the 11, someone that's going to be on my lineup um, while I don't, I don't wish any will to William Byron, uh, but I don't really want to see a ton of success, but if I'm it's, if it comes down to fantasy uh, success, I'm probably going to have William Byron in my lineup. Um, Chase Elliott, somebody you can't count out. He's had two, kind of duds of races in the first two uh, races of this round. So I, this could be another one where you can see Elliot with a kind of a walk-off to into the championship four two. So wouldn't be surprised. He was the winner in the fall race there at, at Martinsville 2020. So Ryan's just somebody I don't know. I don't know what to do with. I do have one remaining start left for him this season. So <sighs> he's really good at, at Martinsville. Obviously we said average is a 10th place finish. So it's probably worth starting him there. Uh, he's also really good at Phoenix too. Yeah, so he had had the pole at Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. So Ryan's probably somebody else that that yeah. you might want to consider. So uh, again, congratulations to everybody that's been following along all year long with the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Uh, again, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing is leading in the overall standings. Joe Lopez won in the playoff standings. Well, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps everything up for this yeah. week's episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. Uh, like I said, uh, let's try to get some more positive vibes out there. Try to channel this frustration you might be feeling. If you're feeling kind of down, try to find a way to, to channel that too. Uh, because if anything, you know, now is the time where Ryan needs our support probably more than ever for sure. I got, I got projects to work on. I think I'll be doing some, some <laughs> channel that energy, <laughs> right? Channel that energy into something productive. Um, yeah, this week is, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, that's really what, what you, only thing you can say about what has happened. It's big sure, time of sports. I mean, you can look at the, the last two weeks and you can sit and wallow and say, well, you know, it's 35 po points they gave away in two weeks, possibly, and whatever. And if this happens and if that happens, but no, you know what, what happened happened. And you know what? we're going to go on to next week and try and do something different do something better and uh, see what happens. And the thing is, is it, it can happen. This, we're not talking about uh, a back marker here. We're talking about a guy who's on one of the best teams and he's the best, one of the best drivers. I think he's the best driver this year. Really. <laughs> you can definitely say he's the best driver to not win a race. Right. Absolutely. Um, but I think he's one of the best drivers out there uh, top four or five guys out there every week. Um, they don't qualify good but by the end of the stage, they're in the points, right? When they do qualify good, they're right up there and they're running second or third by the end of the stage, sometimes winning stages, eight stage wins this year. So yeah, let's just get to that. Let's get to Sunday. Let's get it up there. Let's get it on. Let's get it going and let's see what we can do. You know, I think uh, it can be a very, very exciting day. And uh, 
you know, give it a shot. You don't have nothing to lose, right? I mean, you've went this far, you've come to the end and you have one chance to, to make it happen and, and, and let's do it. The time is right. The time is now for Ryan and the 12 team to pick up that grandfather clock. Thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, please listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram at Team.Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization, championed by Ryan and his family, supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. Find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on any of their active social media channels. So, my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. 